I want to encourage you in the Word of God tonight, family, um, to stir up the gifts of God that is within you. Just stir it up tonight and bring you to a place of remembrance. You know, Jen, you stirred up that thankfulness that's in me and in each one of us. And you don't have to go any further than Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Why? He forgave me of all my sins and you, right? Healed us of all our sickness and disease. Redeemed us from the pit of hell. Crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercy. And he renews us day by day. I mean, you don't have to go any further than a Psalms 103. And they'll stir you up, pick you up from any, anything that you're going through. See, put the word of God in remembrance. Stir yourself up by doing that. Amen? Glory to God. Well, I want to talk to you about some truth tonight. In a very changing world that we're in, and day by day, uh, certainly, we, we're kind of in awe and wonder how fast things are changing. There is an absolute truth that we can sink our teeth in and anchor our soul in, and we know that is the, a little louder. What? Everybody. The word of God. It's the absolute truth on the earth today. It's the standard. It's the plumb line. You can go to it. It never changes. It never wavers. It's not uh, contingent on culture. It's not contingent or changes on men's opinion, on government's uh, chaos. Amen or oh me. I, it's so important that we understand the faithful church, I'm talking to the faithful church tonight, is that there is a church out there called the unfaithful church that is not lining itself up to the absolute truth. Do, are anybody aware of that? All right, I had a lady come up to me this week, and I don't know how the discussion started, but she did say, um, you know, we're supposed to love the the homosexuals and all those people. We're supposed to love them. And I said, yes. And, you know, accept them where they're at. They believe that they're born that way. And, and uh, I looked at them and I said, no, you're supposed to love them, but as a born-again believer, you are supposed to deliver them from the sin that they're in. And she kind of just got silent. So wouldn't it be just like the Lord... Um, see, we welcome everyone in the church, but we welcome you in to deliver you from anything that's not of God. You should, you should be happy about that. I mean, really happy about that. So let's run that video, Steve, and let's just take a look at somebody who got delivered. See, the church is in the delivering business. Um, the book of Acts talks about preaching the good word of God, but Jesus casted out demons from people and got them delivered and got them set free. And that is very needful in the church today. Years. I was planning to have breast removal surgery. I had been taking testosterone for two years. And all of a sudden, God speaks to me and gives me a vision. 
there was a man and a woman on one side, and then on the other side, there was a man and a man and a woman and a woman. The man and the woman had babies. It was like glowing really bright, and it was like generations went down the line. And then on the other side, with the man and the man and the woman and the woman, there was a red line under their feet, and it was black because you, you can't recreate life that way. God speaks to me, and he says, I made man and woman so you could recreate and share the good news of my son, Jesus Christ. But the devil is wiping out entire family bloodlines and generations of people that I intended to be born will not exist for my glory. Wow, I've been really selfish my whole life. Everything in my life was based on my feelings. The next day, I went to church and I got set free of the demonic spirit of Jezebel. And I didn't know anything about demons. I didn't know there was a spirit behind homosexuality. I had demons behind false identities. The devil stole my identity from a very young age. And that's why I believed I was born that way. I was in the LGBT community for 16 years. Okay, Father, we pray for that woman right now in the name of Jesus, whoever she is. We ask that you give her a platform that you fill her to overflowing with the Spirit of God and truth, and Lord, that she can set free a generation of those who have bought the lies of the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen. The church needs people like this because this is the truth that will set people free. And we know that we have the truth, and we I'm telling you, we've got to step up to the plate and not be ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We've got to be bold about our walk with the Lord. So Matthew 24, 35, why don't you stand, if you can, turn your Bibles to that. Matthew 24, 35, hallelujah. It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. It's not going to change. John 6, 68. Peter said to Jesus, where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible is not going to change uh, regardless of culture, man's opinion, anything. It's already forever settled in heaven. Revelations 9.13, and his name is called the Word of God. Who is that? Jesus is the living Word, and he is alive. Turn to the book of John, chapter 1, please. Book of John, chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 1. And it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus is the word of God. Amen? Let's look at verse 11. I just want to read a little bit more down here. So good. He came to his own, Israel, the Jewish nation, and his own did not receive him. But as many as receive him, say, that's me. To him he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Hallelujah. 
Turn to John 17, please. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. John, John 17, 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that you may know that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Laying a foundation, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. I love the books of John. Just love to just keep reading over. The, the books of John are so relational. That's why I love them. They're so heart to heart and, and just raw in truth. 1 John 1 Look at verses 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also, say that's me, may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Now there's a big difference between knowing about somebody and knowing somebody. Jesus came down on the earth in human form. He took upon a human body. He did that so that we would be able to have the, have the opportunity to have relationship with his father. He came to show us his father. He did that for us. And relationship is a big deal because it's only Christianity of all the religions of the world that have a relationship with a living God. You are a peculiar people. You are a royal nation. You truly are. You're very, very special and dear to the heart of the Father. Relationships are risky, aren't they? They take time. Uh, you've got to value spending time with um, somebody to get to know them because as you get to know them, you see the good, bad, and ugly. You see uh, the faults, the weaknesses, right? And uh, nobody likes anybody to see that about themselves. But God, in his wisdom, established salvation to be walked out in the parameters of relationships. You're not an island unto yourself. We are called the body of Christ. And many times through the epistles, you'll see that iron sharpens iron. That's friction. That's uh, disagreements, and we see that in the book of Acts, even among the apostles. There were disagreements, but they worked through them. And that, that love that's been a shed abroad in all of our hearts is there for that purpose, body. We are to work through the disagreements that we have. We're to communicate um, and talk about things among ourselves. We're not islands to ourselves. God didn't set us up that way. 
So relationships are risky, but they're certainly worth it, aren't they? When you got born again, this is what you, what you realized. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every human being on, on the planet has sinned because of Adam and Eve. They've come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever, I'm a whosoever, so are you. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It is a gift of God and not works, lest anybody boast. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Didn't he make it so simple to get born again? Did you all do that? That's, that's exactly where we're at. We believed in a God that we have not yet seen. And that's why we'll, we will rule over angels in the millennium. Angels know God as creator. But we know God as savior. And that is why we will be ruling over them. They stand in awe and wonder how a family could pick up from Colorado and move halfway across the, the America from the prompting of the Holy Spirit within them and be in, uh, in obedience to God. They stand in awe and wonder over that kind of faith that we believe and trust in a God that we have not seen. They stand in awe and wonder over you as you continue to walk in faith before your Lord. Amen. When you got born again, your spirit was made alive unto God. And what do I mean? You are a triune being. You are a spirit that will live for eternity somewhere, one of two places. You live in a body, your earth suit that gets you around, and you have a possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, your imagination, and emotions. But it is your spirit, man, that communes with the Father because the Father is a spirit. And he created you with a spirit so you can communicate with him. So when you got born again, your spirit was made alive unto God. We know in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold. All things are become new. Glory to God. See, that's a, a, an absolute truth from the heart of the Father. He said it, and it is the truth. To what degree you believe and operate in it is up to you. But it's an absolute from the Father. Amen? 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, But he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit. God gave you a brand new spirit. You became a new creature. You're one with him. New father, new family. Glory to God. I'm happy about that. Now, just sit back for a minute because I'd like to give you your, I'd like to give you your new nature. You know, it's a command to behold the new. 
immediately we should behold the new when we get born again. And this is what your new father says about you. You are a child of God. Redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You're forgiven, justified, sanctified, and saved by grace. Glory to God. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are now a partaker of his divine nature. You're redeemed from the curse of the law, delivered from the power of darkness, led by the Spirit of God, a Son of God, kept in safety wherever you go. Thank you, Jesus, for that getting all your needs met by Jesus, casting all your cares upon him, strong in the Lord and the power of his might, doing all things through Christ who strengthens me. You are a joint heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. You're an heir to the blessings of Abraham, observing and doing the Lord's command. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're an heir to eternal life. You're blessed with all spiritual blessing, healed by his stripes. You are exercising your authority over the enemy, above only and not beneath, more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are establishing God's word here on the earth. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony daily overcoming the devil, not moved by what I see, walking in faith and not by sight. You are casting down vain imaginations and bringing every thought into captivity, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, a labor together with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are an imitator of Jesus. You're the light of the world, blessing the Lord at all times and continually praising the Lord with your mouth. That's who you are. Glory to God. Do you know you can have as much of Jesus as you want? You can operate in all of this because he's already paid the price for you? Do you believe it? It's the truth. It's the God truth. So let that just sink in and, and wave over you. That's how God looks at you. When he sees you as a born-again believer, you're wall-to-wall Jesus. Your past, present, and future sins have been, have been judged at the cross by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's not judging you anymore. That will free somebody up. He's already paid the price on the cross. Amen? So let the truth of God's word sink into your heart and behold the new thing that the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and walk ye in it. Now, do you ever wonder why, if this is true, why you're not completely manifesting all this in your life? Anybody wondered other than me? Anybody else? Amen. Well, when you were born again, uh, your spirit became alive unto God. You, if you were black-haired before you got born again, or just, I'll say if you were bald before you were born again, you're going to be bald afterwards. Amen. If you had stinking thinking in your brain before you got born again, you're probably going to have that afterwards. 
So there's something that the Lord expects each and every one of us to do now that we're born again believers, and that is moving into a new programming, right? New father, new family, new programming. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 and 3. Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 3. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. That's our old life. Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were nature by nature children of wrath, just as the others. The next two words are, but God. We had a but God moment, didn't we? Did you have a but God moment? But God, the truth of God's word came in each one of us, each one of us who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive with Christ by grace. We have been saved. And he raised us up together. This is where we sit. This is our position in the Lord, to sit, uh, sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And here is my favorite verse in the Bible. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We can have that present tense. It's present progressive. For grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. This is the beautiful thing that Jesus paid a hefty price for each and every one of us. So we are now what? To reprogram our mind and turn to Romans 12, 1 and 2. These are elementary truths, foundational truths. But I'm telling you, family, we need to do these on a day-to-day -day basis. We need to get so good at these simple truths that it is our default button in life and that nothing takes us by surprise. Romans 12, 1, 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that I present my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. It's my reasonable service to do that because Jesus certainly paid a high price in his body to give me this freedom, didn't he? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be willingly present that. And be not conformed to this world. Don't let the culture of the world mold you, influence you. Let the word of God be your standard in all the affairs of your life. It'll answer everything in your life. But be con not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, see, when those fiery darts come, when situations come, if you think immediately, what does a word say about this? And look inside, Holy Spirit, I need your help. That will become your, 
your default. That is what you're going to go to. You're not going to run to your best friend. You're not going to complain and murmur. You're going to go right to the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. See, he lays down for us to behold the new. He gives us the plan. The problem is, are we doing it? And I mean on a regular basis. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. I like to say ruts. Ruts. And man, did I have ruts in my in my mind, when I got born again, I was the best complainer and murmurer on the planet. I talked about my problems 24-7, and please come into my life so I could talk to you about them. I didn't know the Lord. I didn't, I didn't know the word. And I didn't understand that I was digging those ruts deeper and deeper every time I opened my mouth. I didn't know. Nobody told me. I was a good old Catholic girl. If you're Catholic in here, that does, I'm not saying that negatively. Get delivered, please. Anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. I didn't understand. And I remember um, the Lord tell, showing me, I, I had some pretty key visions early on in my Christian life because God really needed to get a hold of my life on the, on, on, right away. So he showed, I, I asked him one day, how do I get rid of this stinking thinking? How do I get out of this complaining and murmuring? I've done it so long, I programmed myself, and I realized, and I'll tell you a vision he showed me. He said, Karen, you've got to pick up a shovel load of the Word of God and throw it in that rut. Just keep picking up the Word of God. Just keep throwing it in that rut. And, you know, back then, honestly, I, I understood what he said, but it wasn't until I started coming to Church of the Word hearing the good word of God, left the old church and started coming in to hear the word where I finally realized I finally found what I've been looking for my whole life, the good word of God, the truth of it. So my mouth was my problem, and God gave me an open vision. Uh, I was driving in the car, and it was an open vision. I can, the details are as clear today as they were 20 years ago. And he had, it was a courtroom, and there was a, a major person I was looking at. I didn't understand it was the Father God, but I knew it was a person of authority. And on both sides, there was jury, jury people. And this person said, uh, open your mouth and complain and murmur. I remember my thought, the first, oh, I can do that. I, I think I rolled my eyes. And I started complaining and murmuring because I was programmed that way. And... Uh, I saw on the left-hand side here, all these beings were shooting up in the air and talking, and there was great commotion, motion, talking, and commotion. And the complete opposite was on this side, mute and motionless. And then he said, close your mouth. I did, and he said, now praise God. And I remember closing my eyes and lifting my hands and praising God. I, I just... In my heart, I just made a switch, and I opened my eyes, and the complete opposite happened. This, was, this side was mute and motionless, and this side was commotion and talking and shooting up in the air, and I realized, wow, there was a difference, and then the, the, the vision ended. No one ever told me, Proverbs eighteen twenty one. 
Death and life are in the power of my tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit of it. Galatians says, as a man soweth, he shall reap. Don't be mocked or don't, don't be deceived. God's not going to be mocked in this. You, when you speak, you are sowing. You are sowing words out there, and those words are weighty. They're producing life or death. So number two, we're called to renew our mind. We're called to get our mouth under the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. How do you do that? You replace. You don't stop. I remember, I mean, I was so eager to follow the Lord, I literally put duct tape on my mouth because I, I couldn't trust what was going to come out of my mouth because I hadn't renewed my mind yet. But I was so wanted to follow hard after God that I did that. I just would read the word with duct tape on my mouth and literally trust the Lord that he was reprogramming me in the word. Glory to God. So you put it in your spirit, in your heart, out of your mouth, out of your heart, your mouth will start speaking. And I started replacing all that complaining and murmuring with the word of God. And that will change your life. But see, we're called to do this every day because, you know, the, the Our Father, which is one of the greatest prayers in the Bible, he says, ask for your daily bread. Why? You need daily bread. You need fresh manna. You, you don't need yesterday's. You got brand new circumstances today that you're facing, and you need a fresh revelation from the Lord. Amen. You need to ask for that. So God wants to give it to you because today is a brand new day. Yesterday's under the blood. It no longer exists. Matthew 15, 11, it is not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Let me gulp on that one. See, we got to be made aware and stirred up of the importance of the truth of God's word for our personal relationship with the Lord on a daily basis. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4. I want to just stir you up because, church, we've got the goods, and the world needs what we have and we got to get vocal and bold in the things of God as we're walking forward in the Lord. You've got to be practicing this stuff and get good at it so that you can help other people. Proverbs 4, my, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eye gate. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. That's pretty key, right? Keep your heart with all diligence. Who has to do that? Yeah, it's an individual thing that we all do before the Lord. I, put your name in there, keep my heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. It's going to affect your heart's going to affect everything. Your relationships with people, how you proceed in your business, where you work, your finances, out of your heart flow the issues of life. <clears throat> put, a, put away from you a deceitful. You know what that word means? Wicked. Wicked. Just put away a, we have to put away a wicked mouth. 
See, that's part of that present progressive journey walking with the Lord. And let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelashes look right before you. Ponder your path where you're going and let all your ways be established. These are just some uh, scriptures that God puts in our heart so, so that we guard our heart. We're, listen, nobody's guarding my heart but me. I'm not controlling your life. I'm not judging your life. Nothing. I'm a 24-hour job myself. And I've got to guard my own heart against offenses, unforgiveness. Um, I'm responsible for that, right? Everybody knows that? We can't look at somebody else and blame someone else for where we are in life or circumstances because what that is, blaming just puts you in a prison cell and you lock the, the cell on that and you throw the key to the person you're upset with. Now, you're, if they don't change, you can't. That's insanity gone to seed. Dumb, dumb to the second degree. Right? It is. It, it doesn't even make any sense. Don't blame people. Go to your father who loves you so much and is so willing to help you understand situations and people so that you can walk in this newness of life every single day. Amen? Turn to Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. And it says, Behold, I give you authority. Jesus is delegated. He has delegated his authority to you. Hallelujah. He's delegated his authority to you. Say that. Jesus has delegated his authority to me. See, when you, when you, when you confess that and understand that, you'll move in it. Glory to God. But you've got to acknowledge every good thing that Jesus did for you in order for you to operate in it. If, that, if you think that's for the selective few, then you won't move in it. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. Every single born-again believer is to operate in the same authority that raised Jesus from the dead. You are an able minister of God to proclaim the gospel, cast down demons, heal the sick. Glory to God, every single one of you. And the reason why the church is so poor and lukewarm and not moving in the power of God is because each one of us have not realized our true value in Jesus. It's the truth. Praise God. But I'm telling you, the days are coming. We got to stir ourselves up on the absolute truth. Know what you believe, why you believe, and be able to proclaim it. The early church overcame because of the word of their testimony. They knew their God. Because of the blood of Jesus, they put their life in the value of what Jesus did for them, shedding his blood for them. And they loved not their life to the, to the death. They walked into those coliseums with the lions. 
They knew they were a frog's hair away from stepping into eternity. They could care less about this. And their churches in India and China, the underground church, that are laying their life down for this gospel. And we need to stir ourselves up here in the Western church where we've had gold platters given to us. We've got 10 Bibles on our shelves, three on our apps on our Bible. But are we living the truth of it? Amen. Hallelujah. Taking your authority over what? Over means a position of advantage. Let me read it again. Behold, I give you authority to trample. That means to crush going forward. Do I have to say that again? To trample, this is trampling. It's not this. That's marching. Marching. This is trampling. What am I doing? I'm crushing going forward. Going forward. Leaving the debris of the enemy in your wake. Amen. Trampling over serpents and scorpions, over. That's a position, a posture of advantage, over you're looking down at. We are overcomers, hallelujah, present tense. Doesn't matter your circumstance, you're an overcomer because God says you are. And we have a positional advantage over the enemy. That's what God says. Amen. So, oh, a position of advantage and super, uh, super, what's that word? Super, anyway, super. We are not, <laughs> we, we've been given this authority. It's a position of advantage. Now, the enemy is openly hostile, deep-rooted animosity, hatred, one who is bent on inflicting harm. That's a description of the enemy. Shouldn't be a description of a child of God. So we stir up all these things, renewing our minds, speaking, speaking good words that produce power for the Lord, guarding our heart, taking our authority, which has already been given to us, right? This is important, but the most important thing, family, going forward, and always has been, but more so, is walking in the Spirit. Jesus said in Matthew 24, one-time pestilence, one-time earthquake, one-time uh, plagues. If you read Matthew 24, longest sermon Jesus gave, and it came from an, a question from his disciples. What are the signs of the end of the age? Not the end of times, because the time started in Pentecost. The end of the age. And Jesus said, deception, 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 deception. Now, when God says it once, it's important. When he says it twice, you better pay attention. When he says something four times, there's something to be said about this. So, you know, my kids, one of my kids live in Atlanta, Georgia, and they go to a, a mega church where the top person in this mega church um, has 
fallen away from the absolute truth. And I'm boldly going to say that. And it, and it comes like a frog in a pot. You know how you put a frog in a pot and then you turn the burner on? That, fro- that poor little frog doesn't know it's going to be boiled because it, oh, it feels warm. Oh, that is, oh, my joints needed that warmth. I mean, there's just this, ah. Oh. But then all of a sudden, see, there's gradual suddenlies in life to the good or to the bad. Suddenly, he's well aware it's getting a little hot in here. This is exactly how the enemy works, too. So it started off with, oh, the Old Testament, it's not pertinent. We just stay in the New Testament. Well, that's turning the heat up a little bit, right? Domino effect. Now had a conference this last fall and, and had two homosexual men married to each other in his pulpit teaching the word. Now, I'm really mad about this because my two kids are there. Really mad. I'm mad in the spirit. I'm praying for the man that God gives him a Holy Ghost encounter that changes his life. I really am. But I'm praying protection around my kids and verbal about it, I might say. (laughs) I'm a mother cub, you know, a mother bear. And I love to protect my kids in that respect. And if I got to get on my knees and pray for an hour in the name of Jesus for them, I, I do it. We all need to be very aware of what's going on in the world today so we're not deceived. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. This, this place right here, you all, um, we teach from Genesis to Revelation. We don't tear any pages out. We're not men pleasers, as you've probably figured that out already. We're God pleasers. We speak the absolute truth. And if we're wrong... We repent and let you know about it. Amen. That's establishing a relationship within a body that's accountable to one another. That we can speak the truth to one another and it's okay. We're going to make changes. We're going to correct certain character issues in our life. And we're going to what? Keep moving forward in the things of God. And I don't know about you, I need correction. I I need realignment. I, I love it, to tell you the truth. I love it because when you do that, you're real, you're transparent, and you love somebody. See, when you're quiet and you avoid and you don't talk, I don't know if that's really love. I really don't. I think it's fear. And God doesn't want us to operate in the spirit of fear. It's not from him. It's not the atmosphere of heaven at all. So don't be afraid to communicate truth, even if it hurts. Be real and transparent. We need this more than ever as time goes on. All right, let's, go, let's look at John, the chapter, the Gospel of John, because I want to transition into walking in the spirit and what exactly that means, what it looks like, And if you need to make some corrections in your life, please be open to the truth of God's word. You know why? God doesn't want you leaving anything on the table. All right, let me just say it this way. Let's say you went to the restaurant and uh, 
you went with a couple, and the couple said, I, I'd love to, I'm going to pick up the bill. And you say, oh, praise God. Thank you very much. That's awesome. And by the way, I have another gift for you. Oh, okay. Here's an envelope with some money in it. Oh, I can't do that. That's, that's too much. The, the dinner is just fine. Thank you very much. But no, I mean, you've got 10 kids. You need to keep that and, you know, take care of that yourself. What are you doing? <clears throat> You're leaving it on the table. God wants to give all of himself to you. That's his heart. He wants you to have everything from Genesis to Revelation. You're the one, I'm the one, who gets to pick and choose what I want. If God wants you to have it all, why not have it all? I mean, why not have it all? Pick it all up, chew it, use it, operate in it. You'll bless the Father and you will be blessed on the earth as well. John 16, look at verse 7. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is, you, it, it is to your advantage, say my advantage, that I go away, Jesus said, and if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Look at verse 13 and 14. How be it when, the, when he, the, he, he is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it, not a force, not a when. He is a person, the third person of the Godhead. Amen. Another truth that's being lukewarm down out there. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Glory to God. Listen, the world goes to the occult to find out about things to come. Do you know that? Those are the witches and all those kind of people. They go to the dark side to get it. And the dark side is very accommodating, by the way. But we have the light side, the good side, the Holy Spirit side, and he will show us things to come. Do you believe it? It's the truth. Why is it the truth? Because God said it. Now, you've got to get it in your heart and say, wow, if he, if he will tell me things to come, I need more Holy Spirit operating in my life. He will, he will glorify me, Jesus, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will declare the revelation of the truth of God's word for your situation and your life. Glory to God. Who wouldn't want this? John 4, let's see, John 14, verses 16. I'm just stirring you up to want the, more of the Holy Spirit in your life. John 14, let's look at verse 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. They're not operating in it. We're, it's pretty evident, isn't it? Right? The spirit of lawlessness is really getting strong out there. There's no truth in it. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees them nor, or knows them. But you know him, 
as a born-again believer, and he dwells with you and will be in you. You know, everywhere you go, you carry the Holy Spirit. And in every situation, Nicole, are you out there? Holly, your daughter? Oh, we were at the gym. We were at the gym one afternoon. I invited her to come, and we were in the, in the pool, the two of us, having a grand old time. And we were in the warm pool. It's smaller, but it's warm. And there was this guy. He had his hands to his ears, and he was walking the length of this small area back and forth like this. And I'm telling you, the compassion of Jesus came on me. It was like, he's got a problem, and I know who can fix it. And here we were in that pool, and I just stepped over and asked him. I said, you know, uh, are you okay? And he went on to tell us how he was uh, a big, big wig with a big business, and for years and years he had so much stress, and now it's a gradual suddenly. It just hit him in his body, in, in his nerves, and he just... You know, most people are really uh, happy to tell you their problems, <laughs> and he did. So we listened, and we looked at him, and, and I said, uh, Noel, can we pray for you? We're both Christians. We know we've seen the power of God work. Can, can I lay hands on you and pray for you? Now, listen, this is in the water. Vulnerable, right? He said, yes. I remember asking the Lord one day, why is it that you asked us to lay hands on people? And the Lord said to me, because Karen, sometimes it's the only time I can touch them. That melted me like a snowman on a hot summer day. And now I ask, can I lay hands on you? Because I know the life of God is within me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. So when you lay hands on, you're, it's Jesus' hands laying on them. It's the anointing coming through you because you're feeling that compassion that Jesus operated on the earth. So we are believers. He said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that's what we did. We laid hands on him and prayed the prayer of faith. Now, I've not seen them since, but, you know, we don't know those things that we plant. We don't know when we just move out in obedience to the Holy Spirit what that does in people's lives. It's not our business to know all that. Our business is just to do the word that we know to do, and we need to get more bold about it, don't we? Glory to God. Turn to, uh, let's see, John 14. 26, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I love this verse because in LTS, we have to learn 60 scriptures, but if we put it in us, the Holy Spirit has something to bring out of us. You put it in, he's responsible to get it out. I love that. See, that responsibility I've done, and now I allow the Holy Spirit to bring it out. This is truth right here. John 15, 26, and it says, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now, the Holy Spirit's a third person of the Godhead. He's a real he is in, wants to be more involved in all of our lives. Turn to Acts chapter 1. And I said it before, I'll say it again. The book of Acts is normal Christianity. 
I, I appeal to you to just read the book of Acts and put yourself into casting out demons, raising the dead, preaching the gospel, everything that's in here. We are still in the church age. It hasn't ended. All of this is still very active and working in the faithful church. Acts 1, look at 1 through 8. Oh, for time's sake, I'm just going to read uh, 4. They assembled themselves together. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus saying this. Not many days from here. So we know, uh, verse 8, but you shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, upon you, because he's already in you as a born-again believer, so it'll come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, at the gym, in the grocery store, at work, wherever you go. Let's just say it, to the ends of the earth. Wherever you go, wherever your feet go, you are a witness uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ, and he wants to be glorified in you and through you with the help of the Holy Spirit. You're not on your own. I love that. Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord, one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now that suddenly came because they were all in one accord in one place. Don't dismiss that. Where there's division, strife, and confusion, God's not working. If there needs to be a corrective correction and change in your life, you need to make it. Because I'm telling you, we need each other. You need the people that God has in your life. You need to be walking together in this unity. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven and a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon, upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now remember, they had the Holy Spirit in them, but now they're filled with the Holy Spirit. You see the difference? You need to see the difference. There is a difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's involvement when you got born again. The Holy Spirit came in your spirit, recreated your spirit, made alive unto God in your born-again experience. But now the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and fills you wall-to-wall -wall Holy Ghost to empower you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the church today needs this power. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, verse 14. Do you need it? Yes. Therefore, he says, awake! Wake up from your sleep! Arise from the deadness, any dead areas in your life, and Christ will give you light. See that you walk 
carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We got to be on our game. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine, which is a dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. And this is not negotiable to the Father. It is a command. You be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, singing and making melody in your heart. I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just get a tune going in your heart. It'll change the atmosphere, totally change the atmosphere of your life. Singing to, from your heart to the Lord, giving thanks. There's that thankful heart again. Giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is just so powerful. These are powerful, powerful truths. Now, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to run through this really quick. Listen to what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you become a witness. Acts 2.4, tongues, a heavenly language comes from your spirit. Acts 4.31, a boldness is imparted to you. Acts 4.33, great power and great grace. Not just power and grace, great power and great grace. 434, no lack. 63, wisdom. Who needs wisdom from God? Glory to God, yes. Acts 6, 5, full of faith. Acts 13, 52, the joy of the Lord, unspeakable, full of glory. This all comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who doesn't want this? Who, wouldn't, who would say no to this? It's already been given. The Holy Spirit has been given to us. We simply need to ask and receive it just like we did for salvation. It's not a big deal in that respect. You don't have to work it up, pray it up, get rid of all your junk in your life. You, none of that. You come as you are. Didn't you come as you are when you got saved? Did you get all your ducks in a row before you got saved? No, you got saved and God started getting your ducks in a row. Same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The only thing you need to be is born again because your spirit has to be made alive unto God for the Holy Spirit to fill it. It's not filling an unregenerated spirit, a dead spirit. You've got to be born again. But in June, it says, uh, Jude 20, Beloved, you building up your most holy faith. What? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. There is a distinction between being born again in the Spirit in you and the baptism of the Holy Spirit that started in Pentecost, that when it comes upon you, and you ask for that gift like you ask the Father for anything. Turn to Luke. We're going to look at Luke um, 11. We, gotta, we have to look at this. I want you to see the heart of the Father. So you have a blessed assurance. This is something he wants for you. Luke 11, 9, verse 13, to 9 to 13. And this is Jesus speaking. 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask. See, you got to ask. God's, God's got it for you, but you've got to ask. I don't know why. You know, it says that 
we must we become like children to enter in the kingdom of God. Do you know how many times kids ask, Daddy, can I have this? Mommy, can I have this? And then you say no, and they ask again. They are just asking creatures. See, we've got to become like children before the Father and say, Father, I don't fully understand this, but I, I see in your word that I need this, so I'm asking you for it. See, that's a, a position of humility and reverence and honor. He says, I say unto you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, natural fathers, will he give him a stone? Every father saying no. Right? You wouldn't, right? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? No. A natural father who loves his child would never do that. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then... Being evil, well, compared to God, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He'll pass over a million people to hear a cry of somebody asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what he's listening for in each one of our hearts. He's longing for us. This beautiful gift has been given. And when you ask, he will give it to you. And you are now to use your tongue because you're a partaker of this gift. You know, of all the nine gifts, this is the only gift that it is as you will. Not as, all the other gifts are as, as the spirit wills. You can't pretend or drum up any of the gifts of the spirit. It says spirit wills. But you, God gave you in charge of this one gift. You get to pray in the Spirit as much and as often as you want. Paul said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He said, I wish you all, say all. That means me. Okay, that means me. All would speak in tongues because he saw the value of it. He wanted everybody to operate in this beautiful gift. So when you, when you ask, you receive it. He's going to give it to you. Now you're to open your mouth and start speaking out syllables, paragraphs, sentences that are not of your English language. Now the devil doesn't want you to have this language because he doesn't understand it. You bypass him, literally. It's a heavenly language between you and the Father. It's created and done by the Holy Spirit within your spirit. And it's a direct line to the Father. You're praying out mysteries. You're praying deep unto deep. The, the, Satan hates it. That's why he lies to churches. This is all past. You're babbling like a child. It's not the real deal. He'll do anything to keep you, to stop you from getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, he'll, keep, he'll do whatever he can to keep you from praying in tongues. How many of you can say amen or oh me? It's the truth. So this, this happened at Pentecost 2,000 years ago, but it's still true today as much as it was then. 
And our spirit needs to express the perfect will of the Father. And we do that by praying in the spirit. So, I, by the, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you tonight. And I think all of us tonight need to upgrade and increase our time of praying in the Spirit, either sectioning out some time for those of you who have it, or percolating, finding the time. In the car, I pray in the Spirit. In the shower, I pray in the Spirit. Just get in a habit every day to start praying in the Spirit. You know, you, if you realized the value of what even, even 10 minutes praying in the Spirit is, you would be doing it a lot more. It's the perfect will of the Father that you get to pray? It's incredible. What an incredible gift. We shouldn't be sitting on this thing. Amen? The church needs each and every one of us to be praying in tongues out loud. Amen? So there's some of you that this is your upgrade tonight. Okay, I get it. I need to be praying more in tongues. And there's some of you who maybe you've never heard this, or maybe you did, but you never took a step into this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is for you tonight. It's not by coincidence that you're here. We need this power operating to put us over in different areas of our life that we're, that we're stuck in. And the Holy Spirit is here to help us, to comfort us, to give us the wisdom on what to do next. And if you're working, so I love this because when you get born again, you get a squirt gun of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I didn't know there was water in there. Sorry, Gino. <laughs> I really didn't. But yeah, there it is. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> You get the Holy Spirit. It's the real deal. It's the real McCoy. But family, I'm telling you, is there water in this one? <laughs> do you know you don't mind, do you? <laughs> this, you get a super soaker when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You get upgraded. Now, would you want to operate like this as a believer? Or do you want this? What do you want? Come on, you get to choose. You, God is not controlling you. He's not making you, but he is offering. You can have this, and great. You'll be in heaven. That's awesome. But do you want that? And I say, I want, give me three of these. I want this. Not one, three. And see, you get as much of Jesus as you want. More praying in the Holy Spirit, more upgrade, more fullness, more witnessing, more boldness, more joy, more understanding, more revelation. You just keep going on and on and on. You, say me, you don't have to be up here. You don't have to have any title, any position to be a walking, talking, spirit-filled, wall-to-wall Jesus believer. That's the truth of it. You right where you're at, can have as much operating in Jesus as you want. And if you want that tonight, the Holy Spirit wants you to have it tonight. And all you have to do is ask. Now, he is a, he's a looker of the heart. Uh, there's two ways you can receive the baptism. Come on up, John. Two ways you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can ask right where you're sitting. And the Holy Spirit hears your heart. 
and he will do this. He wants you to have all of him, the fullness of him. And I, I mean, if there's an imploring going on tonight from the Holy Spirit, he is doing that. Please, I just bind up any spirit of fear in anyone's life tonight, the fear of the unknown, fear of stepping into something new. If you see it in the word as truth, grab hold of it. Just be obedient and grab hold of it. This is his good, good gift to you. It'll upgrade your life. You'll never be the same. You'll be operating in an increase of revelation, knowledge, wisdom, every, every aspect of your life. So there's another way of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is the laying on of hands. Uh, it's all through the, the New Testament. And I really encourage you to read the New Testament or the Book of Acts because that's real-time normal Christianity. It's what we should be doing. So it, just equate yourself. Read it and, and put yourself in different positions and places because you are an able minister of the gospel. God calls you that. And just think if we all came in the church next Saturday night praying out loud in the Holy Ghost. See, I'm praying to God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, I'm praying, my language is to God. But I pray with interpretation because maybe, man of God, you need, some, you need something today. And as I came into church praying in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will download, oh, by the way, or maybe somebody needs encouraging, a hug, a smile. Maybe somebody needs a $20 bill to get home because of their gas tank is low. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and, and through you if you're sensitive, if you've been prayed up. And see, I, I know a person that doesn't come to church because he's been hurt in the church. And I said to him recently, have you ever thought... You know, you don't want to come because you've been hurt. But have you ever thought that God wants you to come because you are a gift for someone else? We come sometimes to church and think, what am I going to get from God today? What am I going to get from the word? What am I going to receive? You know, we kind of come with that. What if we came with a posture of, what do you want me to do, Holy Spirit? What can I give that you've put in my heart this whole week? Who can I minister to? How can I be the body of Christ? Who can I lay hands on and see the power of God moving in their life? What a different perspective. Amen? That's what happens when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It changes your life. It changes your heart. Now you're not inward. You're outward. You're looking at people's lives. How can I bless them? How can I, uh, how can I yoke up with them and, and make not the burden so bad? You're, you're thinking outward now. That's how Jesus walked for 33 years, his ministry of three. It, 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 he, the only thing he did alone was pray to his father. What's the plan? What do you want me to do next? From that point on, he went he gathered 12 around him to teach them to keep to start the church but he stopped for the one why because of the compassion in his heart see we're to operate that way we're to represent 
Jesus. Amen? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful way to live. We're not perfect at it. We need each other to help, uh, help us along the journey. That's why God instituted the body. And every single piece of the body is vitally important. See, you got to see yourself as important. I don't mean haughty or prideful. I mean a posture of humility. Lord, how do you want me to operate today? What do you want me to say? A posture of humility is God can move through a man or woman with that. Amen? See, we don't have to be all that. We just got to allow Jesus to be all that. Amen? We're not working for God. We're working with God. So tonight, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, about this beautiful gift and if this is something that you want to step into um, you're going to have an opportunity to receive this beautiful baptism of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> you simply have to ask for it if you want some extra help in receiving it you can come up with a laying on of hands um, that is, is distributed that way as well but God sees your heart you can simply ask him so I, I, uh, I'm going to ask every one of you who are born again to pray in the Holy Spirit. And we're not praying to prophesy. We're praying for personal edification. And I like to call it priming the pump for those who have never heard it, never did it. It's a real gift. It's a real manifestation of the Spirit. And I want us all as the body of Christ to partake of it tonight. And not be ashamed of this great gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if it is your heart prayer, you just agree with it. Because the Holy Spirit is here. And he, he's very sensitive to your heart and your heart motive. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Jesus died on the cross. He came as a human being and died on the cross, shed his blood for me personally. I believe that you raised him from the dead, that he's a resurrected God, and he's alive today. Jesus is alive, and he is Lord of my life. I confess that. I profess that. I believe that with my heart. I confess it with my mouth. Jesus is Lord of my life, and he's my Savior, and he's redeemed me from the pit of hell. Say that out loud if you've never said that before. Let the Holy Spirit, let your neighbor next to you hear you say that. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is a power of God unto salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe the word of God is true, and I receive it personally. You are my personal Lord and Savior. I know you died for whosoever. Here I am, whosoever. I believe what you did for me. You forgave me of all my sins. You, you, you redeemed me from the pit of hell, the destruction of the enemy. You crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercy. You are really a good and faithful God. I believe you. I believe in you. Come into my heart. Create in me a new spirit, a fresh spirit. 
And Father, now that I'm born again and I have said it out loud and I believe it in my heart, I now qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I want both of it, Lord. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want it all. I don't want to leave anything on the table. So, Lord, it's a simple thing. I just asked you for salvation. I'm asking you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let it come. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Just say that out loud if you want it. Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. All of us can say, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Tonight is my night to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not leaving anything on the table. I want all of you, Jesus. I want the whole Holy Spirit to fill me up to overflowing. Hayata, I praise you for it, Lord. I thank you for it. Now just praise him and thank him because he's given you the gift if you've asked him tonight. And now that praise will come from your spirit and words will come forth that are not English. Now it is your job to speak them forth. Hola baila tiara barata Hora te diara shanere te diala I love you Lord I love you Lord you're everything to me You've been so good so full of mercy Hola taiala shanota He diara barata Hora te diara tarata if there's anyone that wants to come up and lay on the hands to help you, come on up. But let's stand up, family. Let's stand up and honor the Holy Spirit that's here tonight. And let's just pray in the Spirit. Prime your palm. Speak forth the perfect will of God. Remember you're praying unto God. The Father loves you so much. He is not willing for you to stay the same, but to be changed from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Now let's enter into a time of rich worship to the Lord. Let him know how much you love him. He's such a good God. You know, you're not going to uh, drop into hell in fire of hell for thousands and thousands of years because you've already made the best decision of your life, accepting Jesus, believing in him, confessing him as Lord and Savior. Now let's continue to behold the new and keep walking forward in the things of God, grabbing hold of more and more truth and living it out. Amen. Lord, we're undone 
in the presence of your Holy Spirit tonight. We're undone with the love that you have bestowed upon each and every one of us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We're just undone tonight knowing how much you love us. Father, thank you for the Word of God, the truth on the earth today. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit moving and dwelling in us and with us. Father, thank you so much for the assembling of the believers. Father, the three of them, are a winning, unbeatable combination. And we're thankful tonight. We're thankful in this house tonight for all three operating in us and through us. Father, we're not going to forget this night. We're not going to forget how you met us. You're not, we're not going to forget what you spoke to us personally in our heart. We're not going to forget the power of the Holy Spirit operating in and upon us. We're not going to forget, Father. We're going to take each step and keep moving forward in you and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we're going to do that. We're going to make draw a line in the sand tonight. We're going to leave the passivity. We're going to leave the compromising. We're going to leave that all behind us. And we're stepping over into the promised land. The, we're stepping over into the overcoming. We're stepping over into the victory that the Holy Spirit is giving us. And the victory that Jesus has already given us. We come from a position of victory to victory. And Father, thank you for downloading in our mind the importance of the Word of God, spending time in that day after day, and Father, praying in the Holy Spirit. We are grateful, grateful children, Lord. Hear our hearts, hear our hearts and receive our incense of, a, of praise and worship tonight, Father. Be pleased with us, and let us go forward, Father, with the residue of your Spirit. We thank you for it in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. If there's anyone that needs anything else, be, be uh, comfortable to come up and get some prayer if you need it. But Father, we just thank you for tonight. We're so grateful for your presence in our life, that tangible, manifesting presence. Father, you're changing us. We're not the same as we came in. We're leaving different more of Jesus. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Give him glory, church! Give him glory! Give him praise and thank him from a grateful heart who he is. Go in peace. Go with traveling mercy. Be blessed. Interact this week with the body. Call somebody. Invite them over for lunch. Attend a home group. Get involved in each other's lives. Amen. Oh, let's not forget City Gate. That's not. Lancaster is tomorrow. City Gate. All right, at Lancaster is tomorrow. What time? More than you ask, think or imagine. 10. And Columbia is next week. So step out and get involved in these local ministries. It'll help boost that boldness in you. In Jesus' name, be blessed.
Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming to Church of the Word International. Jackie, girl, come on right up here. Everybody say hi to Jackie. First time here. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for this time together. And let's be encouraged in the Word of God tonight. Out of Psalms 89, listen to this beautiful word. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. And the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord. Your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. For who in the heavens can compare to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness is surrounded by you. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. God, they walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all day long. And in your righteousness you are exalted, for you are the glory of our strength. Hallelujah! Wow, such encouragement in the Word of God. Well, let's stand up together tonight, family. And let's let our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, let them know that we're so glad that they're here, and we celebrate and honor them. Amen. Let that living one, the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be stirred up within you. Jesus is Lord, and he is the risen God, and he's here tonight. Hallelujah. He's in you tonight. Father, we just thank you for a celebration of the glory of God tonight a celebration of the power of the gospel working in us, through us, and around us tonight. Father, we come with expectancy that you will move by your spirit, not only in our individual hearts, but corporately in the body of Christ tonight. We have come. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We honor and celebrate you, Jesus, the head of the church. Come, move, enjoy and allow yourself to be allow yourself to move within our hearts as you will we say yes to you just say yes to the holy spirit tonight yes i will allow you and give you permission to move in my heart tonight make changes make corrections make whatever you need to do in my heart i want all of you and more of you tonight Posture and position your heart tonight 
to be good soil to receive the good word of God. The Lord longs for us to all change from glory to glory, from faith to faith, increasing, upgrading, and all the things of the Spirit. So, Father, we say tonight, have your way. Can you say that? Have your way in me. We bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one way we love God and honor God tonight is by loving one another. So love on your neighbor. Reach out to somebody you haven't met yet. Let them know you're glad they're here. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be here tonight. You happy to be here? Well, we would like to welcome you. If you're here for the first time to Church of the Word, can you just raise your hand so we can acknowledge you a little bit? I know there's two here. Let's give them a hand clap. Anyone else for the first time? Well, we trust you're going to be ministered to tonight. Glad to have you. We have a a little information card there. If you care to, you can fill that out and just put it in the basket when it goes by. We're going to return the tithe to the Lord, so if you need an envelope for your cash giving, just raise your hand, and our ushers will bring you one. If you're giving by credit cards, fill out all of the blanks, and if you prefer to make a check out, you can make it out to CWI. Tithing is an action of honor. Tithing demonstrates a heart that's turned towards the Lord. You know, in Malachi, we're not going to take the time to turn there, but in Malachi chapter 3, verse 7, it talks about the Lord's speaking, and he says, return to me. And the question's asked, well, how do we return? And then he goes on talking about tithes and offerings. It's a demonstration of honor. And so what I had in my heart tonight was to light on that portion of it. I'm, I know I'm sounding a little ringy here, so oh, pardon that. Um, but I want to honor the Lord tonight. We're going to honor him with our stuff, with our wealth, with our tithes, but let's honor the Lord in, and put the spotlight on him. So turn to Psalms 34, probably my favorite psalm. It says here, I just, I'm reading a different translation. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't read it like that. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. With me, guys. Exalt his name. Let us exalt his name together. Verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Now, if you look up the meaning of this word heard, it brings out that he answered. In other words, he responded. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He responded to me. You know, I have to share this part. Um, so many of you were here this past weekend with Donna and Steve Mirabella. And I was so privileged because I got to have him in my home. And so one evening, Donna was showing me, we had, we put it up, we, whatever you do, you cast it, I guess, to the screen, her photos from her phone, and she was just going through and showing me stuff, and she was showing me pictures of witches, and we'd go over, yeah, yeah, she goes, these are witches right here, and their faces would look so ashamed. Some of them wouldn't even look at the camera. They're just down, 
I mean, you could, it was visible. If they had something other on their face than this evident shame, there would be like this sneer on their face and a hard look in their eye. It says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. And so she'd show me these pictures and she showed me this one of a man who was smiling. She told me this story. And actually, I would so love for you to have seen it, but she demonstrated it. And I won't demonstrate, you'll see why, but. Um, so there was this chief of this one village who got saved. He was the chief of the village and he got saved. And then about nine months later, they were coming through doing their rounds again um, through the villages and they came to this particular village about evening. And they were setting up their tents and nearby where they were setting up their tents was this group of witches. And so, as is traditional in these villages, they will make this huge barrel of banana, beer, alcohol of some kind, and they'll just drink themselves into oblivion, and terrible things happen to kids, and you know, it's, it's a horrible thing. But anyways, here's these witches, and they're drinking, and they're setting up nearby. I was in the LGBT community for 16. How about that? <laughs> it, yeah. Anyway, this one witch gets up, and he staggers over to her, and he says, Mama, Mama, I want what Bato has. Mama, everything's changed for him. He's different now, Mama. And he trips over himself, and she demonstrated this. She tri he tripped over himself, flopped on the ground, begging her, Mama, please, can I have it too? Please, can I have it too? He's different. Everything's changed. Oh, please, Mama, I need delivered. Can I please have it too? Just begging. And she told him, she said, get up, go home and sleep, and then come back and talk to me tomorrow. And he came back the next day, and he got saved and delivered, and he's a leader in the church today. And I just thought this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all his troubles, all his fears. Isn't that what our God does? Isn't that what he does? This poor man cried. You know, the Lord don't want you poor. Poor in mind, poor in spirit, poor in finances. None of that. He wants to deliver you from all of it. Because that's who he is. That's the God we are honoring with our tithe. We honor him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste. You need that O in there. Oh, taste. Come on and see. He is good and he's for you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And the devil can't be put down. He, he cannot hold you back because the name of Jesus is greater. To translate you, I don't care what you've got going on in your life. The name of our Lord's bigger and greater. Hmm. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack how much? Nothing. Those who fear him lack nothing. Our God's not in the lacking business. 
He's not in the lacking business. The, long, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. None. That's his heart for, for us. He calls us out of darkness into light, out of poverty into abundance, out of sickness and into health, out of badness into good if we let him if we let him. I just wanted to honor the Lord. I wanted to magnify him. I wanted to just demonstrate that we are tithing. This is the God we're tithing to and saying, be my God, be my source, be my provider, and thanking him and honoring him for his marvelous works. Never forget what he's rescued you from. I'm, I'm stirred up. Father, thank you so much for being that kind of God, that you would be mindful of us, that you would love us, that you would reach down and rescue us, that your mercy endures forever, that your love and compassion is who you are. And Lord, we just honor you and praise you for that tonight. And Lord, we honor you with our stuff, with our wealth, with our tithe. And we say thank you for being our provider. And we call abundance into these tithers' accounts. And we call abundance and no lack every need met according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The ushers can pass the baskets. People will give to the Lord. All right, if you have a bulletin, you can pull this out. We'll go over a couple of things. Immerse the nations. We've been talking about that for a couple of weeks now, but just in case you haven't marked your calendars, you can please go ahead and mark those. Be prepared to come out April 9th and 10th and also the 13th. We are going to be hearing teaching on evangelism and going out and bringing change to our community and then going out and implementing that. So plan to be a part of that. Our youth and young adults are planning a mission trip for later this year to Guatemala, so we have an opportunity to partner with them to make that happen, uh, to sow into that. It's going to be quite a bit of expense for each individual that's going, so if you would like to partner with them, you can talk to Josh and Alicia or Jake and Elizabeth. We do have partnership cards, although they're not here tonight. They will be here at a later time. But if you, if you feel like the Lord leading you to partner with that a certain amount, um, I'm not sure how the partner cards look. I don't know if there's like a time frame in there, but anyway, talk to Josh and Alicia. They'll, they'll bring it out more. There's a parent meeting uh, come for, that, for that missions trip. There's a parent meeting coming up. So March 10th at 540. I think if you're a parent, you will be contacted or let know or reminded in some way. Youth and young adults gathering. So I know you've probably heard of these. So this is where you get the opportunity to invite the youth into your home and have a fun night, um, having a dinner together and just letting the youth be there in your home and games or however it can look. But this is an opportunity, opportunity for you to invite them in. So we're still needing somebody for April 14th as well as July 21st. So if you're interested in hosting, you can talk to Alicia. Foundations class. So we have foundations class starting again. If you are new to CWI and you feel like the Lord's called you here to this local body, um, I would encourage you to be a part of the foundations class. And the sign-up sheet will be in the back lobby with dates to be announced soon. 
We're also planning a baptismal service. I know some of you have expressed interest to be baptized, and if there are others, you still have time to be included in this. So um, talk to Debbie if you're interested in being baptized. Uh, Pastor Sid gives his love. Um, they had a phenomenal set of meetings, and tonight especially was really impactful. The power of God hit the service. Um, at the end of the service, Kurt was ministering, and he, he just released power for miracles in the room. And the, it was like the winds of God just blew in, and the whole crowd was affected. Um, with that, a couple of devils manifested, and they were cast out, and people were delivered, and God was glorified. So it, 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 Sid said it was really wild. He hadn't seen anything like it. Um, He's ministering tomorrow, so keep him in your prayer. Well, that's normal Christianity. What he experienced is normal Christianity. It's a book of Acts. It should be happening everywhere in the body of Christ. Amen? That's the truth. So let, it, let the power fall tonight. Amen? <laughs> Why not? Why not here? And I believe it will, in Jesus' name.